0: This episode is brought to you by Mad Cool Festival. Probably Madrid's biggest and best festival, Mad Cool is returning once again this summer and it's going to be one to remember. Not only will there be massive names like Dua Lipa, Janelle Monáe, Bring Me the Horizon and The Killers Playing because who doesn't love a bit of Mr Brightside after a day of pints in the sun? There'll also be tons of new buzzy acts like Nia Archives, Crawlers, Kneecap and Picture Parlour scattered across the bill too. Obviously, with it being in Madrid, there'll be plenty of ace Spanish artists to check out across the weekend. Plus, heading to a festival like this is the perfect chance to get a good dose of sunshine and culture, all while getting to watch some of your favourite bands and in a cheeky sangria or two. This year's Mad Cool Festival takes place from the 10th to the 13th of July in Madrid and tickets can be purchased now over at their website, madcoolfestival.es. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Before They Knew Better, the new podcast from DIY Magazine. I am Lisa Wright, Features Editor. This is my co-host, Giles Bitter. That's me! That's uh, you! And this first episode, we are going to be talking to the wonderful Norwegian pop sensation, Sigrid.
1: Sigrid! Sigrid. She was a lot of fun, wasn't she? She
0: was really fun, yeah. You know what? I remember interviewing Sigrid right around the first, right when she first launched Don't Kill My Vibe. Feel like she was quite a a shy interviewee, and now she's laugh a minute. Her stories. Uh, Ace. Which is handy, because on each episode of this podcast, we'll be asking people to bring in one photo, a song choice, and an object of whatever form they wish for it to take, which will lead to hilarious stories <laughs> about their teenage years. And I feel like Sigrid really did. She got the brief. She pulled out of the bag. Yeah, she nailed it. She, uh, what did the kids say? She understood the memo.
1: Yeah, she. We, we felt seen.
0: Yes, we did. And all of these other things that make us sound like cool, young, <laughs> hepcats. It was
1: a movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, you'll already be able to see the photo which I think is you know in itself I mean that should be a press shot surely Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know why she's going around looking like a cool glamorous pop lady when she could be bringing back the sad witch costume
1: DIY front page next time yeah
0: exactly she's going to be on the cover Of every Halloween issue, forevermore. Um, We learned a lot about Sims. We did. uh, She sung in Simlish, which I wasn't even aware of was a language. She's
1: a big cat lover.
0: Big cat lover. People like turning her into cats, which is maybe a sort of unexpected perk of the pop world. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were so many things that we learned about Sigrid. The main one being, I think, that she's just bloody lovely and really funny to talk to.
1: We found (laughs) a new mate, didn't we? We
0: found a new mate. Exactly, yeah. We love Sigrid. she is an absolute delight to be bringing to the first episode of this podcast. So without further ado, welcome to the first episode of Before They Knew Better with Sigrid!
1: Secret's got um, a third coffee. She's been ready.
0: Secret is absolutely raring <laughs> to go. Hello. Ladies. Yes. Um, so yeah, third third coffee. Does this mean that the day has already kicked off with a bang for you already? <laughs> it's been
2: quite chill, actually, this morning. The weather's pretty good in Oslo, in Norway. I'm in my flat. I've been here for a couple of days now, which is good. So nice. Pretty slow.
0: Good sleep. Um, so you're back in Oslo because you just headlined Oya, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, big moment. I'm, have you guys heard of Oya before the festival? No. I've been. I've been to. I went to Oya maybe oh. six or seven years ago. So yeah, Oya is like the biggest festival in Norway, I think it's fair to say. It is, I mean, the thing that struck me was like, it's the cleanest festival that I've ever been to. Like, I grew up going to like Reading and Leeds, which is essentially just like a bin on fire with loads of kids wandering around. And Oya was like, just lovely, really just a lovely place to be with great bands.
2: I mean can you imagine me walking through the campsite at Reading and Leeds through the <laughs> medical tents for the first time in my life when I was 20 and I was like what is this place this is scary <laughs> it's
1: like a horror scene.
0: Yeah, yeah honestly I the- apologize on behalf of our no, country
2: I love it now UK festivals are my favorite thing now I probably like it's probably my favorite country to tour right now because it's just absolute carnage but the first <laughs> time I toured the UK I was I was genuinely a bit scared like nothing else.
0: Yeah, fair. Because you got, presumably, like, had you grown up going to Oya? Is this like a sort of long standing place that you would go every year?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is, as you say, um, I don't know if you Brits would like approve me, but I think it's kind of like All Points East in London, okay. maybe, because it's like a city festival. Mm. They have cool acts, including myself. <laughs> no, yes, but this year they had like Boy Genius. Lord Carolyn Polacek. They've always prided themselves on getting a lot of cool international acts to come. And often acts before they take off as well. Um, It's a lot of underground music. I remember I saw... What's her... How do you pronounce it? yae You know, make it rain, girl, make it rain, make it girl. You know that song? Yeji. Yeji? Yeji, yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She played like years ago, I think, like before she took off. So that's cool. Um, But yeah, it's just... Proper statement festival. Um, they've had a green, like climate-friendly attitude for years. I've been there several times. I saw John Hopkins there when nice. I was seventeen. Nice. I saw Mac Demarco, and I fell asleep in the grass because <laughs> I was so drunk. Wow! Actually, funny story with Mac Demarco. That's a good one. So when I was seventeen, I was there with some friends, and we're just drinking in the park. We get in. One of my friends gets thrown out because he was too drunk um I fall asleep in the grass it was great very teenagers at a festival
0: and then (laughs) I feel like that was what Mac DeMarco would have wanted at that stage in
1: his career as well
2: 100% I asked I went up and I asked for a selfie so I got a photo with Mac and then a couple years later I'm backstage and I'm playing my first show at Oya with my band uh this is like three years ago four years ago or something, uh, or maybe five. And then we're backstage. Mac DeMarco is there playing again. And he just pointed at me like, you. And I was like, oh God, he remembers me. The crazy fan who like fell asleep and was super drunk. And he's like, I know you. And I was like, what? And he was like, I just came from New York. And I had a hotel room. And whenever the blinds went up every day, it was you. Because I was on a billboard in New York <laughs> with my single Don't Kill My Vibe. So he was waking up every day to see me like. Murank. Don't care, so, yeah, that was was like,
0: were you just hanging outside of his window like that is <laughs> every day just just yeah. loitering outside my hotel room I mean that must happen quite a lot now right like meeting old heroes and people that you'd sort of grown up watching their sets and stuff
2: yeah, sometimes it happens. It's always really cool. And sometimes like with backstage at festivals, it can be quite scary to walk up to people because you have no idea how people are going to be. Um, we played Sweden this snow. Yeah, earlier this summer, or maybe it was last summer. Um Lollapalooza, Stockholm, and I'm a huge Wolf Alice fan, but I've never said hi before, and they look really cool on stage, so you know there's no guarantee for how people are off stage <laughs> and then uh, I can't remember what's his name again the I think he's the bassist with the he always has cool sunglasses, and he just took off his oh, sunglasses yeah. and he's like, Hello, and he's just the sweetest lad and then we just had a great time
0: that's good, yeah, they're sweet, they're sweet guys. I feel like um. Yeah, just very excitable. Him and the drummer are always very, very sort of happy, excitable <laughs> presences. Yeah, they're good ones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what an amazing thing to headline in your home country. Like, yeah. I feel like, um, I mean, that's sort of the equivalent. Yeah, of headlining Reading and Leeds, or he- I mean. Maybe Glastonbury's pushing it, but like it's a pretty massive deal, right? Like, nervous. <laughs> yeah. Like, how how was the whole experience? Oh my god, I was so
2: nervous. Yeah, it is. It's a milestone. Uh, they have one Norwegian headliner every year, so Europe has all the international headliners. So yeah, <laughs> um, but no, it was amazing. It was an incredible experience. My voice kind of it was it was very hoarse the whole show. I got really tired, but then I just told the crowd, I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm a bit hoarse now. Like, the voice isn't doing what the voice should be doing, but Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best. And they were just the sweetest and just, like, (laughs) cheering even louder.
0: Yeah, in that situation, I guess it's, like, a real sink or swim thing. Like, you either let it completely, like, psych you out or you just go, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to kind of roll with it, which feels like, I mean... You've obviously been doing this for six years yeah. since Don't Kill My Vibe came out. I think it's seven. Well. Seven years now. Crikey. Okay. And yet you're still, still a <laughs> fresh-faced young flower. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. I needed to hear that
2: today. <laughs> I haven't showered yet.
0: <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, like, is that the sort of thing where you feel like so, you know, more capable of dealing with it now that, you know, you've got a few years under your belt. I would imagine like when you started out, that kind of situation would have absolutely been like terrifying.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I just feel like our crowds are really nice. I think we gather a good type of people where I always feel welcome and I always feel like it's okay to just be honest on stage with how I'm doing in the moment. I'm really bad at planning what to say. I never follow a script. Like, of course, you know, sometimes you'll say kind of the same things, but it's not really choreographed. Um, But I feel like the crowd is always going to be okay with it. Like, my tour manager was freaking out behind the stage because they will cut the power. They say they they do cut the power at 11 p.m. because it's a festival in the middle of the city, in the middle of Oslo, and the neighbors are going to flip out if, you know, it goes past 11. And we finished Strangers, like, 10.59 Something. and it wasn't planned but it was just so it just happened so
1: yeah um i feel like in terms of like saying you know th- what you think might be the wrong thing or, or voice being hoarse or they're there to back you you know your fans are there to have a good time you know people want to support you people want to they have your they got your back you know
2: yeah and i feel like it's true but i don't don't always think that's the case for every artist maybe i think maybe sometimes fans can y you, you know, want to be jokey or whatever. I mean, my fans take the piss out of me all the time. They run meme accounts. So but I feel like there's a lot of love. There's a lot of lot of love.
1: I feel like that comes from like, I follow a few people like O Wonder, who's that mm. who's that duo. And they're they're so great and uh, she, when she posts on their account, all the captions are just so brilliantly approachable and her voice is so like radiating from their socials. And I think you've got a similar thing going on where you're so you know you, you, you scroll through your socials and you're like okay this person's my friend you know you're an approachable person i think it starts from that
2: thank you i'll tell my socials team that, <laughs> that my <laughs> socials are
0: good yay <laughs> oh my god it's all a lie it's all, it's all generated by
2: oh no acid know? like it's we always talk of like show personality and i'm like yes (laughs) how does it work will you
1: write a caption and then whatsapp it to the socials team or pick the photos and flag them to the socials team
2: yeah to be totally transparent yes i do have a socials team um i it's daunting and it's scary to post some and and also as an art i have uh, insta i have five hundred thousand followers and i'm sure there's so many artists that have like way more. I guess like my my followers is not that much compared to a lot of other artists, but to me it's like 500,000 people. I come from a country with 5
0: million. I mean, oh wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> like 10% of the whole country. It's a bit weird.
2: So, yeah, I nice. like to run it past someone. Um, but yeah, it's it's very chill. We're a couple of people. I have Harry who helps me Angie and my manager's in the shout out to Harry. (laughs) It's great, (laughs) And we just bounce back and forth ideas, but I write the captions and then I just always ask like, I'll ask like, can I say this in English? Does this work grammatically?
0: Yeah. It's a bit like that.
1: I've had a lot of typos in the, in the, like the national paper before. And I open, i open it up and be like,
0: no, (laughs) (laughs) how many
1: typos have you had Lisa over the years?
0: Oh. Uh, there's a really famous one that I feel like I might get in trouble if I tell that oh no it's fine isn't it it was ages ago we did our um class of I think it was class of 2020 issue and it had Ashniko on the cover and the cover line was something about like a vivid new future and we spelt vivid wrong on the cover um so how did had- you spell it it had an extra i in it so it said like vivid oh. so then we had to manually put stickers over every single issue
2: <laughs> so yeah. if anyone
0: that copy of diy that's a really special issue and if you peel back the sticker then you'll see the the focus
2: but i've noticed that is that common in the uk as well in norway um they in newspapers they often uh, do like uh, what it edits after the article is posted and it'll say in the bottom like this article yeah, yeah, was edited yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. and you have like a whole like log oh.
0: yeah I think that's fine but maybe if you spell your cover wrong then it's quite <laughs> it's a bit hard you're to kind start. of fucked <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I like to think of it as like a collector's edition like maybe one day in the future people will be like oh did you get that really wrong issue 120 it'll be you know it'll be um <laughs> worth the most out of all of the <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway moving back to you cool. this is not about us um no. you're saying about like meme accounts and things like what is that is there like what's what's the your favorite of the
1: yeah where do we go
0: yeah they're savage the
2: the big one is uh dot memes on insta that is a good one okay uh, um, right now <laughs> they're really sweet they run a cafe actually but i'm not sure if the cafe is still going but they they have a cafe they're together they met on tour with me in the crowd. Oh, wow. they're so sweet um so they run that account there's also Sigrid as cats so okay. this <laughs> like cat sure. photos next to me just yeah. a good one um yeah and then there's there's others too but those are the the two I can think of now
0: did when you first had dreams of becoming a pop star did you ever think that you would have a portion of the internet that was dedicated to turning your face into cats
2: <laughs> <laughs> no but it is a dream it's great yeah i a proper cat person so great <laughs> I can't have a cat myself because I'm traveling so much, but I can have okay. a meme account that turns me into yeah. a cat. There we go. If you
0: can't have a cat, why not be a cat? When this uh, podcast goes out, I would imagine there might be more music <laughs> that's come, but recently you have just put out the first, I'm going to guess it's the first single from what might be a new album, potentially. Um, the
2: reason why I wanted to release that single, The Hype, is, is kind of just to showcase where I'm at now um i've been in the studio all year and yeah there will be new music at one point nice. absolutely uh nice. so i am writing and plotting but yeah is the first uh it's quite open still but i'm really proud of it i love that song i think it's one of my favorites i've ever done yeah
0: it's an absolute banger and also i really like um how sort of self-referential and sort of you know mm-hmm. The premise of the song seems to be very much kind of like addressing your own worries about, you know, having this like the start of your career obviously went amazingly. You won loads of awards, like the first track went massive. And, you know, how how do you live up to these bars and expectations that you sort of set for yourself, which I think is quite a sort of vulnerable thing to to write a song about and to address and then to sort of, you know, sing out on stage to a bunch of people? Like what what did you kind of, was it like a cathartic thing trying to sort of address these things head on or or how did it kind of go for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, good points. Um, I've been nervous of releasing it because you don't want it because you don't want people to think they're like I've lost confidence in myself, which I haven't. But it's just being honest about those moments where I do have a big lack of confidence. And I think the interesting uh, or and I've been worried about like if it is like relatable enough. But then I think, yeah, of course, like this hype in my uh, job is, of course, a bit weird because it's a public job and whatever. I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. But I think it is something that I would have felt anyways, no matter what I was doing. I mm-hmm. think we can all have those moments where we're like, oh, am I good enough yeah. for this job? Like, are they going to find out if I'm really good enough? Or you show a glossy version of yourself on your social media profiles. Obviously, we all do. I yeah, scroll through exactly. my Insta and I get sweaty. if, like, I can't even relate to a lot of it. Like, that's great snapshots of my life. It doesn't show all the days where I'm just really tired and stressed and overworked. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a song that needed to like mature a bit with me uh, to find the right language to explain how it's felt. Also because like yeah, I think I've been pretty uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of praise throughout my career. so I don't want to mm-hmm. um, complain about it, but it's also something with like I got a lot of praise for the potential, the potential of my right. yeah.
1: Um
2: It's not like I'm not massive, massive. I'm really, really proud of every step of my career. And I'm really happy that I can still uh, go about in my daily life. And it's not madness. Like, I still have a normal life in many ways. But it's something with like, I think it's in, in this industry, there's always a new goal. Like, you're never done. You can never pat yourself mm-hmm. on the shoulder and be like, okay, that's it. It's always the next one. You're there in your biggest moment so far. And I've been on stage, been like, all right, what's the next one then? Where do I yeah. get from this? It's always, mm-hmm. that's, it's always like a moving target, um, which can be tiring. And I think you need to be up for that. And actually, I heard, I can't remember who said that. Either a friend or I saw it in a newspaper or I saw it on TikTok. But someone <laughs> said that. Being in the pop industry is n- not always about talent, and that n- nothing to do with my talent or whatever. Just in general, it's often about who is up for the longest run, who yeah. who has like who is up for the fucking struggle and the, the keep going whenever it doesn't go your way, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Endurance. Yeah, um, it's probably yeah for the whole music industry. I don't know.
1: Yeah, being vulnerable is such a powerful thing. Because if you, if you're in a position, I don't know, maybe this is like a bad analogy, king of the bad analogies, but it's like, (laughs) you're like, you're you're not worried to like lose in like a football game or a cricket game or a sports game. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of strength that because then, you, you see it like you stop being so like crabby and like kind of like, Egh! and you kind of go a bit more fluid and you can just play your game. I I feel like that that's the same with music because you can just oh. not be afraid. And that's a very, people feel that, you know, we've got that weird uh, like primal sense when someone's not afraid and that's fucking powerful. Oh. The jeans and t-shirt thing. That's a big part of, it. you know, it feels weird to say out loud, but it's it's just a very cool thing to see someone, play that kind of music to so many people in jeans and t-shirt and just see you being comfortable who you are.
2: I mean, I've been told that I don't look like the music I make, which it, it's weird. I don't know. It, it's been it probably the whole t-shirt jeans thing has been a self-defense mechanism probably. Uh, when I got thrown into this willingly, mm-hmm. of course I've, I wanted to, no one's forced me to do anything. Um, but it was really good to know that there was one thing that was like stable, normal, I always knew that if I wear a T-shirt and jeans, there's one less thing to think about. And I need to cut down on decision-making when I'm stressed. So for instance, Oya, when I knew it was a big, important show and people were like, yeah, what are you going to wear? I was like, obviously, I'm going to wear a T-shirt and jeans because then I have one less thing to worry about. I have enough. I have a new song I'm going to perform. It's a huge show. It's a lot of pressure. I need to know that at least that is under control and I don't have to think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I feel good The less
1: you think about that, the more you can think about the music And the show
2: Absolutely, also, who said that Jeans and t-shirt isn't sexy and cool I feel great in it
0: I mean like those 90s Calvin Klein Adverts were like the coolest thing ever When it was just like (laughs) someone Wearing basically exactly what you're wearing Just looking like a badass, being cool Cool. Um, Yeah, I completely I always remember Ryan Jarman from the Cribs saying that like he always, he went through a phase of just wearing the same outfit for like six months because he was just like, well, then I just know what I look like. And I just thought like, that's yeah, that's actually just a really simple way of looking at it. Isn't it? Like you go out and you don't have these neuroses about, you know, everyone's had outfits where they've gone out and you spend the whole day sort of like pulling your top down or pulling your trousers up and you feel awkward and weird. And then it changes your entire like confidence levels I just get rid of that. Yeah, Maybe really. it's very smart. I mean, it worked for The Simpsons, didn't it? Like, they've worn the same thing for the last 30 years. So
1: I've got this Dickie's jacket that I found in the pub and it had been left there in Lost Property and it'd been there for enough months to be freely available. So I took it and it's just <laughs> the perfect fit. And I've worn it every other day. Great. Have you, did, you, did you find your jean fit, Sigrid?
2: Yes. I have Levi's. What is it? Wedgie straight is actually my favourite model. Okay. That suits me the best.
0: So we've asked you, Sigrid, to bring in three items from your youth and adolescence and all of that sort of time Um and I feel like maybe a nice one to begin with is this wonderful photo that you showed us before we started recording. Where, I mean, like, I'm going to guess that it's from Halloween or it could be from like a really, really young goth phase. Um, but there's <laughs> a bit about this picture.
1: Yes. It's an incredible photo.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's
2: one of my favorites too. I'll show it again. It's a good one. So this is me aged. I want to say eight or nine. Um, My hair is very scruffy. What does it look when it's like uh, like a mad witch? (laughs) Yeah, I am trying to dress as a corpse at this point. I've probably watched Tim Burton's uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Classic. Every Christmas we have a tradition. The night before Christmas, we watch it on the 23rd. Um, And I'm obsessed with that film. I also have one of these, like, do you remember when it was a huge thing with, we say makeramea in Norwegian? Uh, Like the surfer. When everyone had these, like, or at least in Norway, me and my friends would have these choker thing that we would make.
0: They have shells sort of knitted into them. Yes,
2: like shells knitted into it. Nice. Yeah, I was obsessed with it because my brother was surfing and I had that also when I joined him, do like bodyboard things. And then I am wearing a lot of black eyeliner, just mushed out. And my look on it is just, it's giving dead. (laughs) It's giving
1: giving big Helena Bottom Carter.
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, one of my childhood heroes. Beatrix
1: Lestrange. Beatrix,
2: honestly, Okay, well, with Harry Potter, I was obsessed with uh, Beatrix and Hermione, of course. Uh, but yeah. Actually, the Hannah hair is quarter. quite Hermione in that as well. Ooh, like, yeah. When
0: she's young and she just has like a really frizzy sort of like do. Yeah, it's
2: very frizzy. But yeah, here I am, dressed as a corpse in allison on my way to trick and treat uh, <laughs> for no, Halloween. With all the other my- kids.
0: A favourite thing about that is the fact that even when you've really committed to the corpse look, that you still have a surfer necklace on. So, was it, <laughs> was yeah, it that's not coming off. Dead surfer or just sort uh-huh. of accessorising? Accessorise.
2: Also, okay. because logistically I couldn't take it off, I would have to cut it off.
0: It was oh, it was like a permanent, like a sort of friendship bracelet, but like round your neck.
2: Yeah, I had that for probably a year and I would you know, shower with it. Probably got a lot of shampoo in it. Mm. It probably smelled a bit. Um, but yeah, corpses smell. So, yeah.
1: What were you like as a teenager? Were you quite outgoing? Did you have your, your tight crew?
2: <laughs> Secondary school, I was quite shy. Uh, probably, I was pretty introvert. I preferred being by the piano um i had friends i just i don't know secondary school is quite intense everyone's getting the hormones start to go and it's just Mm -hmm. carnage and it was yeah intense and then i found music and then i kind of just disappeared to the music room and i was sitting by the piano singing and playing um but yeah i don't know i think i'm i was probably the least likely to become an artist um i didn't really get like big roles in like school plays and stuff i like you know i was there in the background singing a bit or i i did acting i was dancing but not like star material but i remember the first time i played the christmas show and i sang adele set fire to the rain
0: and i think
2: that was the first moment where i was like yeah there's
0: something here. <laughs> so, yeah. had you always sort of secretly wanted to be like performing and being more front and center and that was just the first time you'd been brave enough or was it a complete revelation
2: um mm, i'd like join things i remember i played the king in a play once and i told the theater teachers like this throne is not big enough for me you better give me a better <laughs> one and i was nine So I did have the audacity somewhere. There we go. But I think that's just been me my whole life of like, I'm peddling between like, I'm the fucking best. And I have like this crazy like I can do anything and I still have that on stage especially on strangers I usually get like don't stand in my way ah! and then <laughs> it's that, or it's like oh no I'm not good enough will I ever be good enough type of thing well so it pedals between the two which is probably a bit annoying for people around me as a kid as well I, I think my parents were quite worried for me because I was so shy I think oh. they were worried that I was even gonna like I don't know if if I was almost like brave enough to move away from home and like go study somewhere else because I was really shy. But I think theatre really helped to, if I could pretend to be someone else for a little bit, that helped me to be myself.
0: Have you still got sort of acting dreams? Like can you imagine doing a pivot to to acting at any point in the future? I think I'm quite shy.
2: (laughs) I've actually been asked to audition for some things but uh, yeah i don't I don't think I have an acting talent maybe no. in the future, no, I don't think so, and I think that's fine i think okay. i'm i i am i think I'm really good in my field, maybe maybe in the future, but I think I would need to I would need to be actually good there's something of like I wouldn't want to do something else unless I was really good in it. I get incredibly competitive in things that I know I have a good chance at I don't mm. care like let's say you know like if there's a football at a gathering or an event and people start kicking the football around and then some people just get very competitive no matter if like you have talent for or not, you're just like Ugh. but i wouldn't get competitive in it because i'm like i know i'm not good in it so why but then okay. if there's something i think like oh i have a good chance here then i'll elbows
0: out yeah <laughs> what about you guys do you get competitive Oh, I'm awful. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Do you know the game? Do you know the show Taskmaster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, um, when it was during lockdown, me and a bunch of friends did an online version of Taskmaster, and my flatmate had to take me to one side and was like, "You're making it not fun for people. Uh, <laughs> you're taking it too seriously, and you're making it not fun." Um, so yeah, I think I'm disgusting. So I completely get. Get get you there. What about you, Charles? You seem like a chill man. I don't think you'd be that competitive.
1: Yeah, but I grew up with two older siblings. So kind of had to like fight for that space and realized when I was younger, I wasn't very good academically, but I was good at sports and that totally carried me through school. Mm. And the thing about sport is that it's just by nature competitive. I'm I'm working on a bit of personal growth right now for for pub quizzes. I've been trying to go to a pub quiz and not be upset or, you know, get crabby when I don't know the answer. And realise mm. that's room for improvement within myself. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just don't really understand the point of doing something that's a competition if you're if you don't want to win it. Like,
1: yeah, but, the, you, yeah, but you are there to have fun. Like, you're not going yeah. there alone. I mean, you might be, but usually <laughs> you're going with friends or, or family. Like, enjoy the time. You're, you're yeah. going to this thing to enjoy your time. So have fun.
0: I think I'm actually
2: more similar to you, Lisa, than I thought. I think I actually am very competitive. Because when you said that, of like, what's the point of doing the competition if you're not in it to win it? Same!
1: Yeah. That's how I feel.
2: Also, pub quiz. Yeah. I'm, ugh, I'll just be annoyed. Except I probably will get a bit grumpy if I don't know the answer. <laughs> Again, the jeans t-shirt thing. I am a creature of habit. I <laughs> dress as the corpse every year because then I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to plan. So,
1: yeah. You are not- better at it. Yes. I hope, I, hope exactly. I did better. Yeah. <laughs> that picture is fantastic.
0: It's really good. Do you still dress up for Halloween? Are you a celebrator?
2: No. I, maybe I should do that again. I, I don't really like to dress up. I know a lot of bands dress up when, for Halloween shows on gigs.
0: Mm.
2: I don't like it I'm a bit like how am I gonna sing dynamite and not start laughing if <laughs> I'm dressed as a corpse I don't know how I would do it but maybe we should this year we'll see
0: you know what if you lined up Robert Smith next to that picture as well would it be true
1: best friends <laughs> at school <laughs> <laughs> a man, a yeah. man, a yeah. you and Halloween and Robert Smith first day at school see each other in the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> we're best friends
0: best friends forever best
2: friends I mean, the reason for that song choice was I found uh, the greatest hits, The Cure album back home. Mm-hmm. I, probably my dad or my brother that bought it and I found it and I fell in love with it. And also, I, uh, I'm not really good at listening to albums. There's not that many albums I will listen to from start to finish. I love the hits. I just, okay. yeah the catchy. I'll listen to any genre, any band, any artist as long as it's catchy. And I'm really glad that I found the greatest hits album of The Cure, because I just got the best out of the best. (laughs) And it was great. One of my favorite songs on that album was Love Cats. It's just so quirky. It reminds me, it's in the same for for me, it's like a bit the same thing as, uh, do you know Hello Mr. Zebra from Tori Amos? From No, no. no. Uh, it's one of her albums But it's like a children's track or something But same with Love Cats It's just super quirky And fun um, But I chose for this podcast I chose uh, Just Like Heaven Because one of the best songs ever Love it But yeah, there was always a lot of music floating around at home None of my parents are musicians uh, My dad plays guitar and He sings mm. uh, My mom just has really good music tastes But they always had music around We had a piano in the living room Uh, So they wanted one of the siblings to play the piano. They tried with my brother. He didn't love it. He started playing the guitar. Tried with my sister. She didn't love it either. So she started singing. And then I had to do it. (laughs) And luckily, I fell in love with the piano. I really liked it. So... Yeah, I was annoying them with playing the same melodies over and over and over Mm. when I was practicing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you had um, one sibling who played guitar and one who sang and you played piano, were you ever like a little sibling band?
2: We did. Me and my my sister had a band. It can still be found on SoundCloud, I think. It's called Sala Sesmip, and it's named after our cats who sadly passed away a couple of years ago no it's okay to laugh R.I.P I mean just to have a little chat about Sala F- greatest cat to ever live she <laughs> was amazing her name was Sala Palme Sulbakrabe R.I.S. Johansen Katunga, Katunga, kattunge yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she got her second name because we had a cat wedding with our neighbor's cat <laughs> and the other cat who is actually the other cat? Okay, so the neighbors' cats—they are related to like one of Norway's most famous football players. You might know him, Jun Arne who played for Liverpool. Okay, back sure okay. he know. was a famous footballer, so we're proud of that. So our cat was okay. slightly related to this football player.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> How was the cat related to the football player? <laughs> <laughs> is Sorry, silly
2: question. Because no, but no, no, it's, it's not a silly question. We're talking cats here. Um, <laughs> so our cats got Salah got married to our neighbor's cats, and the neighbors were like cousins or third cousins to this football player. So in that way, our cats slightly related if you yeah. count a cat as a proper family member which we did. Yeah. So we had the cat wedding, know. but then we had some, some drama. Some yeah. Yeah. But our cat and the other cat, I guess they got divorced kind of because our oh. cat cheated on the other cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got kids With this other cat. So we had three kids. Um, yeah. So anyways, my dad still has our cat as the screen, as a screensaver on his phone. Oh. And it's wow. been, it's been like nine years or something. Yeah.
0: Oh, but there were two cats. So that was like the star. And then there was just this poor other fucker that was just absolutely sidelined apart
1: from,
2: I know they even moved from the neighborhood probably because of the uh, divorce.
1: Well, what My a love. lovely way to leave a legacy for Sola for naming the, you know, your yeah. sibling band after.
2: Thank you. Yeah. So she's still with us in spirit. So we named our, band after that salah says meep. um we put out two songs i think uh great times really fun we've performed as a trio as well my brother also my brother is an artist as well he uh has an album out uh, but now he does other things he works in media actually he does a phd on media So that's interesting. He's doing, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's doing research on the digitalization of the newspaper industry. Also, because my sister moved abroad, she did high school abroad, and my brother did high school abroad. Um, And I was left all alone with my parents. Yeah, no, no. It was a good time. But yeah, and then when they moved, I started doing my own things. Um, but my brother was the one who pushed me to write my first song by myself because he was going to do a concert in my hometown and he said, I'm so fucking sick of your Adele covers. Can you please, (laughs) you can come on stage, but you have to sing an original one. So I had two weeks to finish the song I've been trying to finish and I did and I went on stage and it was picked up by Norway's version of BBC Introducing. um, Which I hear rumors that BBC Introducing is going to lose their funding.
0: Yeah, they've already made huge cuts. It's really bad. Like this month, actually, um, they've like slashed loads of their regional programs. It's really bad. Yeah. It's a
2: disgrace. It's such a shame. I think it's so, so important to have these different um, institutions that is not like plastering young kids' face like Mm. on national broadcast. like you know, like the massive TV shows. And then you have all these expectations because you've been put out to the public maybe too soon. But I think that's what's so amazing with BBC introducing and the equivalent we have in Norway. I think that was like a huge success factor for me was that I just got a little bit of attention. So I felt like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. the industry knows what I'm doing. This is cool. And like, they supported me a bit. But I know that I was even used as an example of someone who was very unpolished, it was something in my writing, but it wasn't finished. It wasn't a finished product, but it was something that they wanted to just help a little bit, nurture and give time to like, go back and work on your craft. You're supposed to work on your craft for a long time. I think that's the whole point. Like even if don't kill my vibe was my first song internationally, I had been releasing songs in Norway and it was all like at a lower scale but I think that was super important. If Don't Kill My Vibe would have been my first, first, first song, it probably wouldn't
1: have been that good. And it doesn't happen that you go from writing nothing to Don't Kill My Vibe. You know, like you just said, you, you, like you needed those songs before. Those were the huge kind of like mini explosions to think like, yeah, like positive affirmations, like mm-hmm. other people like it. I'm going to carry on doing this. I'm going to keep on working at it. Like music comes from good music comes from work and practice and believing in yourself. We need these, these satellites, these institutions to, to show people that, yeah, keep on going.
2: Absolutely. And also keep going, but like, you don't have to quit school and like change your entire life and like not see your friends or anything like you. I think that's what's so important with these institutions where you just get a little, as you say, like small explosions, but Mm it doesn't mean that you've gotten it all right on the first try and yeah I think and it, it's still about the music it's not at least that's my I can only speak for Norway I don't know how BBC introducing works now but my impression is that it's about the music it's about the craft and the talent it's not about followers on TikTok or your personality or everything else but the music it's like do you have a songwriting mm.
0: talent and I think also kind of Building artists to have a career that has some sort of longevity, where, you know, like you say, that it might be an artist who, like, isn't there yet, but they're sort of showing some promise. And then, you know, they'll get supported early and then people will go back to them and, like, kind of keep checking in and sort of, like, pushing them forward in the right direction. As opposed to, I think there's such a culture now of, like, you know, one somebody can, you know, you can put a song on TikTok and it can blow up. And that can be the first song that you've ever released. And then you have nothing to follow it up. And then what do you do? You're left scrabbling around trying to sort of like chase your own success. Um, Mm. Whereas I think, yeah, things like BBC Introducing and like just, you know, there's like really positive structures, which are sort of meant uh, to build a career rather than just like a viral moment.
2: You don't get thrown into this like multi-million machine that is going to generate clicks like that is going to generate viewership like Mm. i think things like bbc introducing is still about the artist it's still about the music think of Mm. all the bbc introducing stages that are across festivals i love the bbc introducing stages it's so exciting to see Mm -hmm. fresh new talent and it's often you know just yeah people playing their, their songs
1: yeah. Really someone cool. who's been so vocal about it being about the music and not being about sort of these kinds of uh uh sort of projected ideas of what people think they should be doing or what the music industry is a is about or like the hot new thing is robert smith and the cure mm. i mean did you see his video when he got inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame and all the questions were like how do you feel about this and he's like i don't care <laughs> Like, we oh my god songs. there was an We're amazing banned.
0: bit where there's like a clip where the interviewer and bless her because like I, my, a little bit of my journalistic heart did really bleed for her but she's just like oh my god are you so excited about being inducted and he just goes clearly not as excited as you are <laughs> <laughs> I know that
2: one that's oh a really god, good one no I, that was also it was a, a clash of cultures as well <laughs> yes think <laughs>
0: Yeah. It, was it was the it. breath like yeah. clearly not <laughs> yeah <laughs> clearly not as much as you <laughs> so the sims tell us Ooh. about your i mean i feel like <laughs> the sims was a large part of a lot of people's childhood lives what was your what was did you have I actually never played it, so t- tell me wow. what were did you have? Like you built, you built a family, you built a whole town. I I feel like I specialised in building really ugly houses. I had no
2: sense of architecture or taste or style. Um, yeah, they were pretty ugly, but yeah, I loved building houses, and I would make like disco floors and stuff. Um, and then my sister was focusing on living the life, and then I would sit next to her and watch her play. But the older I grew, the more I got into playing lives as well. I still play Sims. I think touring got yeah. me back into Sims because you have mm. a lot of time off on tour. And I instead of because you can do a lot in Sims now. you can have a farm, you can be a witch, you can be a wizard, you can be a, like a, they call it like a mermaid. You can do things, which is great. I, uh, I found out on tour that I just wanted to have a normal life on Sims. So I would like be on oh. my tour bus and like be an international pop artist playing all my songs live every night. And like an hour before show I would sit backstage on the couch gaming and they had we got the laundry pack so I could do my laundry on Sims. <laughs> and I loved it. So, much. so you're
1: living a like, you're living a normal life an at home sort of domestic life vicariously through songs yeah. while yes. being on a tour bus traveling the yes. world,
2: having like a cat, <laughs> a partner, go to work, come home, cook, work on my skills, read a book, do my laundry, clean the house, do some gardening, maybe. Yeah, it's a bit sad. <laughs>
1: that's lovely that's funny yeah it's very
0: wholesome wholesome and like very yeah I love the fact that there's probably someone doing the exact opposite and being a pop star on Sims (laughs) and like doing (laughs) the thing where they're travelling on a tour you know you've probably got like an equal but opposite like upside down universe order to the
1: chaos other people are putting chaos to the order
0: yeah exactly I mean tour
2: life is crazy guys
0: it's wild. I mean, you're sort of a seasoned pro at like being or doing the sort of endless overnight bus travel, all that kind of stuff now, presumably. Like, what, like, is Sims the sort of best way to while away the hours? Like, what else do you find yourself doing on the tour bus?
2: We talk a lot. We, I have an amazing band and crew. They're my best friends. We just had our second wedding of the crew. We, my monitor engineer, got married two years ago, and my drummer got married two weeks ago. And Aww. honestly, we to them. thank you, thank you. <laughs> I almost felt like I got married. I was like, this is the biggest day of my life. <laughs> it was incredible. It was so nice. The guitarist and the keyboard player was the two best men, and it was Yay. so cute. They had speeches. The whole band. Did you sing at the that, wedding? If I actually did sing. Oh, it was very scary. Me and Leva, a, a backing vocalist and bassist and the guitarist, we did a song and it was so nice because um, Linnea, the, the wife of my drummer, didn't know that we were going to perform and it was her favorite song. So it was very sweet. That yeah, no, it was an amazing, level. amazing wedding. So yeah, we're really close. We hang out all the time. Um, so that's, I don't know what we do. We do that. We love karaoke big karaoke band <laughs> yes on the bus kicks off we just drink and karaoke it's great <laughs> that was actually great when we did three arena in Dublin last year we did our own show um, it was in November and then we did karaoke backstage afterwards with some like shitty speakers that my lighting tech had brought from London and it was very cute and we just had like we've been singing for two hours and then we just continue. <laughs> more songs
0: yeah. I love yeah I love it like get off the stage and you're just like I'm not done I'm not, I'm not finished give me, give me the mic wow yeah.
1: um, how into it do you get I mean are you sliding around on your knees are you really like <laughs> going up to people and grabbing them what's your yeah. I feel like, y- yes, the answer is yes. We all have
2: our, <laughs> we have our like special songs. I usually do Love Lifters Up Where We Belong." I do that one with my keyboardist. He does a fire version of Backstreet Boys. Uh, which one? Uh, I can't remember which one, but he has this one song and he, he is the best. He's really sweet, but I feel like he's a very nice guy, but when he does karaoke, it's like, it's a different it's karaoke peter that comes out and it's a different he takes over the whole thing one time we did karaoke in san francisco and there was someone actually running the karaoke night but he just grabbed the bike and he was like it's my time now and then he just ran karaoke night did introductions for everyone who was going on stage singing (laughs) did his own songs cheering people on yeah it was great can you do karaoke on sims oh my god! yes yeah you can but it's not as good I do have uh, my I have a Simlish version of uh, "Don't Kill My Vibe." How does that what? work? Mic drop. Yes. So a couple of years ago, I said to my management, "My biggest dream is to have a song in The Sims," and they were like, "Okay." I mean, we can see what we can do. They reached out to EA Games, and they asked, "Yeah, if for sure, do you want to do a version?" So I went to the studio. Uh, e- someone at EA Games or at Sims had made. I had like made a translation of my song "Don't Kill My Vibe" to Simlish, so I did and rec- I recorded a version of "Don't Kill My Vibe" in Simlish, and it, it's in the game. It was on the trailer for Sims Four Family Package.
1: Sorry, Simlish. Yeah,
2: I'm
0: gonna need more more information on that.
2: The song is like, wait, uh, oh, it's early in the morning, guys. Whoa, <laughs> oh, name, babe, wife wife. I think the song is called Thank you So it's a, is it, is it a
0: made-up Sims language <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I think the words mean things But I haven't
0: asked <laughs> I was so, so honoured Oh, they just gave you the translation So they could have basically... <laughs> So, well, that,
1: that, that wasn't Norwegian. What?
0: Sorry. That was Simlish. That, that was, was Simlish. You thought that
2: was Norwegian. No, 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 no. no. I'm, just <laughs>
1: I'm asking.
2: I'm asking. That was <laughs> a bit of Norwegian. Let
1: me just get my Duolingo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, do people, like, can people speak Simlish? Is it like a full language that. Like people can learn. Let's
2: see, let me quickly go. Is Simlish a real language? Is it? Simlish is a constructed language devised by game designer Will Wright for the sim series of games developed by Electronic Arts. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It cannot be learned wow. in the traditional sense. Okay, there is no oh, there is no structural grammar or syntax. Ah, uh, it's mostly gibberish. Okay. okay. Is so it kind kind of like a little bit of a letdown.
1: Is it kind of like Greek, where most people don't... I mean, I was thinking in the sense that people don't speak Greek, but people do speak English. (laughs) Greek as in, like, ancient Greek.
2: Oh, right. Like Latin.
1: Yes, that's really what I mean, yeah.
2: Mm. Well, people learn that in school, I think.
0: I mean, in some schools. I learned it
1: at school. I went to a fancy school.
0: Mm. school I didn't go go to a fancy school, but I did learn Latin. But... um, Okay. Yeah, I think maybe it's more common in England. I don't know. Um, I didn't go well, to a fancy
2: school. I learned French. No, I mean,
0: I didn't either, but yeah. But well, now you can say that you are multilingual, one of the languages being Simlish for a very specific set of version set of words that go with your song.
1: Exactly. That's a very nice hobby. Sims, it's, it's, I've, you've really changed my mind on Sims. I really kind of overlooked it.
2: Yeah, it's good, but I've never gamed anything else but Sims. So I feel like I should probably
1: broaden my horizons. So you got karaoke in Sims, you got washing, you got a partner, you got a home. Whoa, (laughs) is there anything else about Sims that we should know about you? This is so unserious of me. This is what we're here for. We're not here to be serious.
0: That's true, that's great. Does your Sims character look like
2: you? Not really, I'm not trying to make myself. I'm not that creepy, just a little bit. But (laughs) I remember in lockdown when I was staying with my, I was living with my parents for months on end. I made an exact replica of our house, of my childhood home. Yes.
1: That you'd moved out of?
2: No, but I, but I moved back again. Because was I was, that my parents. That you were living in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my parents still live in that home. Yeah, yeah. So when I was home, I was walking around the house trying to find exactly like where the window is placed. I found art that was exactly like the art we have at home, like paintings and stuff. I would wow. place like cups where the cops are at home. It was a bit obsessive, but it was amazing. <laughs> so it, it turned out really good. That's <laughs> next thing make an exact replica of my apartment That's the yes
0: one. or you could um, write some more songs and go <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> true yeah yeah I'm going to the studio again next week
0: yeah Great. yeah I was gonna say like I'm sure that your management will listen to this and be like
1: please don't spend the next three months making an exact sims replica of your apartment you could do a Sigrid sims game you could do oh a Sigrid special
0: that could be sims
1: grid yeah sigsms
0: sigsms (laughs) well I want to go and download that now I feel like that is I really like the idea of um building something that sort of is a bit like your own life but a lot calmer and more chilled and (laughs) organized that actually yeah
2: I like getting my sims to just like get really good in things I get
1: competitive on sims probably we've learned a lot about you today (laughs) whoops
0: And that was the wonderful Sigrid, who I think we can all agree is an absolute dream. Our new best mate. Our new best mate. We love Sigrid. Please come back to us, Sigrid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you enjoyed that, then please tune in to the next episode of Before They Knew Better. It's going to be coming every week. Uh, If you liked it, tell your friends. Leave a little review on Apple or Spotify. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Do all those things that you do with podcasts when you like them. Uh, And mainly make sure to come back next week when we'll be having another wonderful guest join us to share in their teenage dramas
1: yes yeah
0: drama it's dramatic yeah it's, it's gonna, gonna be, like be yellow jackets but it's without g- the
1: plane crash <laughs> yeah or football
0: exactly yeah or
1: anything about or, it really or, the,
0: or, or drama <laughs> just drama it's gonna be like a drama we're you know? here for the drama we're here for the drama we need
1: enough we need more drama in our lives <laughs> yeah exactly like mary j blige you
0: know what It's the Mary J. Blige podcast, but with jokes. (laughs) We're
1: going to have more DIY favourites. Yes. Telling us what they were like as teenagers. All the ups and downs. We're here for it.
0: We're here for it. And we hope that you're here for it too. Tune in next week. See you then. This episode is brought to you by Rock in Rio Lisboa, the sister event to Brazil's iconic music festival Rock in Rio. The Portuguese leg of the event is set to celebrate its 20th anniversary with one of its biggest additions yet and over 80,000 attendees across its four days, of which some of them could be you. Taking place over two weekends this June, some of music's biggest names will be taking to the stage in Lisbon. We're talking Ed Sheeran. We're talking Doja Cat. Even the Jonas Brothers are getting in on the action and... And with each day specially curated by genre, there's literally something for everyone. I went to the town in Rio last year, which is curated by the same people as Rock in Rio. And it was, I'm going to say, one of the wildest festivals I've ever been to. This year's Rock in Rio Lisboa takes place on the 15th, 16th, 21st and 22nd of June. And tickets can be purchased now via their website, rockinriolisboa.pt.